and welcome to the premiere of season two of the hit podcast, Gen Zeal. We're so happy um, for anyone who may be listening. Um, Vahini and I were saying to each other, like, we fully do this for ourselves. And if other people listen, um, the more the merrier. But yeah, I'll turn it over to Vahini to introduce the premiere guest of season two. This is like when, like... Um, I don't know, Drag Race, they always, like, really shoot for someone good for the first, like, to be a guest judge. And that's what I feel like we've done here. So I'm excited. Oh, yes. Very excited. Very intentional. Because today we are joined by Rithi Suresh, alumni of Rutgers University's Mason Gross School of the Arts. Rithi is a musician, Aries Sun, Gemini Moon, and Cancer Rising, and a current resident of Florida. Ew. Um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> welcome, Rithi. Hi, thanks for having me. Yes, oh, of, course. of course. We're so happy to have you. Um, we're literally jumping with joy. <laughs> um, so for our listeners who were really in tune with the pod last season, we did like these rapid fire questions at the end of every episode. Okay. But now we're going to do them at the beginning because it like gets people, it kind of like lay, sets the stage for who we're about to meet for the next hour-ish time. Perfect. So, um, Vahini, wasn't the first question yours? Oh, I'm so excited. So, Rithi, I'm very curious to know, what was it like, the experience, the whole journey, moving from the greatest state in the world, New Jersey, to the armpit of America, Florida? Yeah, I mean, I really wish I could say that I miss New Jersey. I know. Oh no. Controversial. Yeah. Controversial guest episode one. <laughs> I really wish I could. Honestly, I, I don't. I don't miss the snow. I don't miss the driving. I miss the people, obviously. I miss being close to the city. But like the weather is so good here. And honestly, I was really afraid of the racist people. But then I realized that that's everywhere. So what can you do? I'm shaken to my core. This yeah. wasn't the answer I was expecting. <laughs> I'm really I'm shaken. I'm victimized be... by that answer. <laughs> no, I'm like actually like really cringing. Like you have no bagels, no pizza. You have That's to not true. That's gas. not true. We have done an extensive amount of research. I have told you this. I found a bagel store right near us, and I think it gives New Jersey bagels a run for its money. And I feel, I know, these are really crazy things that I'm saying, right? But I feel like I can comfortably say them as someone that enjoyed and loves New Jersey bagels and did so for 22 years. You know? You guys can't see this, but Vahini is punching the ceiling right now. (laughs) She's screaming and crying. Sliding (laughs) on the wall. Sliding down the bathroom wall. <laughs> Literally. Um, anyways, go ahead, Dylan. I'm done. Th- yeah, I think the best the best route is to just move on to the next rapid fire. Right. But if you had to describe your personality using a character from Euphoria, who would you choose and why? Hmm, I think, and I feel like anyone that knows me that listens to me saying this is going to be like, oh, you're so full of shit. But I think that I am Maddie. not because i'm angry all the time but because i really love how she takes up space unapologetically and she's fucking cool like i feel like maybe if i if i really was honest with myself i would say cassie 
but I think she's <laughs> so I'm gonna go with Maddie. I want to be Maddie, so I'll be Maddie. That's funny. I'm like, I see it. All right, I definitely see it. I'll take it. I was shaken to learn that Maddie was an Aquarius, though. I don't know if anyone else had that experience. No way. Are you serious? No, yeah. I actually kind of can see it. <laughs> well, because her birthday was, or she might be a Capricorn, but it was like. Right after New Year's, and then oh, yeah. in this past episode, the date was February 17th. That was the date in the episode, which means it was a little while ago. So she's a Capricorn. I feel like Capricorn makes a little bit more sense to me than Aquarius. I would say so, too. Yeah. And she's mm-hmm. definitely got, like, she has to have a Scorpio moon. I just, like, I can't imagine her any other way. Does she have Scorpio? Maybe she's a Scorpio rising. Maybe. Dylan, what character would you be? Oh, wait, go. Oh, what character would I be? I would probably be, I think I would describe myself as the opposite of what Riti just said. I think I'm Cass, I think I'm a Cassie son, but Maddie Moon. Yeah. Like I'm Maddie on the inside, Cassie on the outside. All right. And I'm Maddie on the outside, Cassie on the inside. Cool. Perfect. (laughs) That's funny. I, (laughs) <laughs> I'm like picturing Dylan in like the the scene where like it's Maddie's birthday and Cassie's crying going up the stairs after <laughs> vomiting. Oh, oh, that's cute. That here's the thing. That ep- I think it was that episode. I think I tweeted after that episode. I was like, "There's never been like a more um, clear representation of who I am as a human being than Cassie in that episode. It's whatever episode where she like tells Nate like, well, I'm crazier." <laughs> I was like, I was like, I, I'm seeing myself represented in film, and that's important. <laughs> and that's important. Oh my goodness! You know, um, I think she's I a think- Pisces. I think um, Cassie is a Pisces, and I feel like to me that makes a lot of sense. Emotional, yeah. yeah. Water sign for sure, for yeah. sure. Yeah. <laughs> that's so funny. I think personally, I think I might be. I might be Lexi in terms of like how anxious and observant she is and just like present. Mm-hmm. I think I think I'm Lexi on the outside, but like when I'm at my like core centered self, I like to think I'm Fez because I think he's so funny and just like equally as observant and equally like not the main character. But I would like to get where Fez is. I love his vibe so much. Um, yeah but I, I'm, I think that's accurate because i'm willing to put money to put physical mo- a hundred i will put a hundred dollars bet that vahini at one point in her life started writing a musical about her life <laughs> like that absolutely <laughs> happened she hasn't told anyone it's probably secretly on wattpad somewhere <laughs> but that is just like that is literally so clear as day something you would do yeah i agree so the thing is, is i did that in the fifth grade yeah in the fifth grade i wrote a play and all my friends but we were like fruits the play was called fruit salad Ooh, um, yummy yummy yeah and i wasn't in it but everyone around me wanted to be in the play i was like oh what's my character doing and then in sixth grade in my honors english class i would write these short stories and it was about some like unicorn situation but everyone wanted to be in it like people would be like what do i have to do to be in this week's story <laughs> yeah. like, like, fine. like lexi is throwing this big musical obviously it's gonna do really well will fezco make to it to the musical unknown unclear however unclear. if she can do it why can't you 
And the fact that it's named Oklahoma is just so funny. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I love okay, it. Okay. <laughs> Switching to another fandom. Um, if you existed in the wizarding world of Harry Potter, sans any affiliation with JK Rowling, um, and you could create any potion, like what potion would it be? I want to know the ingredients, the effects, like all the, all the drama of this potion. Hmm. So I like, I think I, I really had to think about this one because I, I was racking my brain. Unfortunately, I am someone that really loves Harry Potter, and apparently this is like a chewy thing to do now. But (laughs) (laughs) um, I was really like racking my brain because I feel like everything that I have want, I would want has already been created by she who must not be named. But um, I think I landed on as an Indian woman, I would want to create something that would just like absolutely no more hair except on my head and my eyebrows. Yeah. I feel like super practical, you know, no pain. And I feel like to do that, right, we would need like some kind of relaxant. So maybe like lavender and chamomile. And then, I don't know, like none of I thought she was going to say like a muscle relaxant. (laughs) (laughs) And then maybe like chlorophyll so we could be like those it girls on tiktok um and then just like some sprinkle of whatever like turmeric maybe i don't know something that makes the hair stop but Mm. yeah you're right that's a good one thank you that i actually i'm like really impressed by the practicality and like the thought of that one um dylan and i were talking about our own potions they weren't nearly as like well thought out dylan you share yours (laughs) my that is not true I think that mine is very thought. It was like a getting ready potion where like you would drink okay. it and then you would be like ready for the day, like showered, like whatever you needed to do. Just, yeah. See, yeah. like you're ready to go, like a ready to go potion. Like you just drink it. You're ready to go. What were the ingredients though? I never said the ingredients, um, but oh goodness, probably like some Laneige lip mask <laughs> in there. Um, like, I don't know like CeraVe face wash is in there uh-huh. your uh-huh. specific shampoo that's the that's like the special ingredient it has to be your shampoo that you use mm. um and then yeah Yum. were you one of the were you one of the girlies in high school that used the mario Badeju face toner the rose water no i wasn't no i didn't i didn't have time for that <laughs> I'm from a country town. I hadn't even heard of that (laughs) until like 15 minutes ago. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Mine was also very like busy of me to choose. In like retrospect, I like was like, well, the only potion in Harry Potter that I'm like really obsessed with and would really want is like the Felix Felicis, the yeah, like the success one or like the fortune whatever one. Yeah, the good luck potion. That's all I could think of that I wanted. So I had to think of my own version of like, okay, that's already been done. I wanted a potion where like whatever you like when you drink it, you know everything that you need to know. Like you sit, you don't have to study. You sit for the exam. You know whatever is asked of you. I guess in social situations, like you just know whatever you need to know in the moment. Um, which is me like trying to get my straight A's without trying, I guess. But Cheating. Yeah, I guess. And I guess my ingredients 
would have to be like badam, like almonds, because that's like yeah. every Indian household before you have a test, you're like, oh, take, take eat some almonds. My parents weren't crazy about that, but I know other people who were. I guess like coffee, and then probably like. I don't even know what my other favorite foods are, like things that I would need, but yeah, but definitely like an almond coffee situation would be me. But um, yeah. And then so basically your potion is tall coffee, tall iced coffee with almond milk. Literally. Yeah. Yeah. In an Adderall. <laughs> like if you have that, like I honestly believe that you could solve any crisis. <laughs> Wait, that's actually yeah. My potion is just a college cocktail. I've actually never thought this far. I've never thought this. Give a girl a MacBook Pro, an Adderall, and an iced coffee, and we could have another man on the moon in like fifteen minutes. <laughs> yeah, no, actually, I think that's where we're at. Also, we need to stop calling these rapid fire. We get too excited. We get too into it. But yeah. I'm not. I'm not complaining. Dylan, ask the last question, and then we can. Okay. This one could be quick. Um, how have you been personally affected by the death of Betty White? I feel like I'm hearing a lot of shit, but I haven't really felt the repercussions of her of her death. Wow. I feel like, hold on, let me finish, Fahmi. Okay, I feel like I am more concerned with the impact of her life. You know. I, I feel like it's important. Shut up. Okay, for those who couldn't see, Vahini is just rolling her eyes left and right all over the place. Now she's vomiting. It's fine. I think I'm right here, all right? I feel like it's important to to celebrate the life that Betty White lived. Um, and I feel like for me, I was always really excited to share this fun fact um, that Betty White is actually older than sliced bread. So that's my answer. Actually, that, like, brought me down to earth. I don't want to, like, lie about what my immediate thought was, so I'm going to be honest, but I'm reconsidering it. Um, I thought Betty White's death, I knew it was coming, I knew it was going to be a big deal whenever it came, as the deaths of many other people will be. She did, however, pass away and, like, did take some time and airtime and space away from the Kimye divorce narrative. Oh, that was a new I have no time for this. <laughs> we took airtime away. Just said that. Like cycle. that's recorded. That's like in the internet now. <laughs> I'm saying how I feel. I, I when you have your own podcast, you can say how you feel. You can say how you okay. feel on it. Hey, you're right. We can't shame you for this. You're right. Ooh, literally, get your own podcast and shame me on it. Well, Dylan, we shared this one, but. That's fine. Yeah. Well, I mean, I consider myself the Gale to your Oprah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm the comedic relief. I'm the like, um, I'm the one who likes to shake and shimmy a little bit. But you're like the hard hitting journalist. That's so false. Like, that is so goofy. But moving on, moving on. Let's get let's get to Riti. Let's get let's get to why we're all here. So Riti, you're an artist, a musician, a superstar. Um, you're a music. You're a musician. You're trained. It's been a lot of your life, a big part of your life. Mm-hmm. But can you describe your own relationship to music? Um, like, what does it mean to you? How'd you, how'd you get into it? What's going on? Hmm. Okay. So I feel like I don't, 
honestly, I don't know the answers to those questions. I feel like it has been such a big part of my life for so long. So I don't really know how it started. All I know is my parents saw the potential and they threw me in a piano class at four years old. And then somewhere along the line, I was like, hmm, this is what I'm going to do with the rest of my life. And I don't know, for me, it's just like a huge part of who I am. I think it's kind of the lens that I, I view the world through. I see a lot of things as art and as, you know, self-expression. And I feel like, I don't know, it's, it's such a, it's such a gift to the world. I think it, it really transcends like separation and boundaries. Like I think anyone can appreciate music and I don't know. I feel like I would, I would love to live my life in a way that also I'm able to transcend boundaries and labels and stuff like that. So, yeah. No, I, I was just blown away by that. Like <laughs> you were like, you're like, I don't know the answer to this, but I'm going to give you a really good one. But <laughs> I, I just love that because I think a lot of times when you hear people are studying music or when they're studying the arts, like the first thing that people, like the first place that people's mind goes like, Oh, well, like, how are you going to get a job doing that? Like how? And I was like, I just think it's really important to take a step back and say, maybe that's not the point. Maybe like the point of music isn't to create like some like monetary thing, but is like to give the world something that it needs. Exactly. And like, yeah. And I, I think that as an Indian woman that grew up in around a lot of Indian people whose children are engineers and computer scientists and doctors, that is the first and only question that I would be asked is like, well, what the hell are you going to do with that? College is where you go to get a job. And I think at first it was really upsetting, but then as I sat in it and as I, after I graduated, I realized that like, what a, what a silly way to think about life to allow capitalism to be so pervasive that you take something that you love and that you really enjoy and minimize it to, Hey, how am I going to get my paycheck from this? So. That's really cool. Um, I'm really <laughs> glad that you got to that place at this age. Cause like, I don't think many, many people that are much older than us can understand that place. And of course it's like your own personal journey. So it's important for you to get there. But I think that's really magical and cool and like wise. I'm thinking also about like so many of my peers must be overwhelmed by the same question. Um, And I know some people feel the pressure to like combine what they love with something that might be financially whatever acceptable. And some people feel like they have to sacrifice it. But I think it's like really cool to think that you don't actually have to exist in that lens. Um, I think another big question I have is like, what was the moment or when was the moment that you and your parents realized you were good? Like, did that, did that, did that ever matter? Cause like for me, I'm someone where it's like, if I know I'm not good at something, it's really hard for me to continue doing it. Um, and also I like have this ridiculous memory of me being in the fourth or fifth grade and my mom really wanted me and my sister to be like classically trained musicians, but we like, <laughs> The teacher asked us to stop coming because we weren't good. Like, we, were, <laughs> we, were, we, were holding, we were holding everyone back. And to be honest, me and my sister didn't want to be there. Mm-hmm. But, like, we could not match pitch. It was, like, really frustrating for everyone involved. <laughs> but I'm just yeah. kind of curious to know. because I, I don't think you had that experience. But, like, what was the moment where you were like, oh, wow, this is something I'm really good at? I mean, okay, first of all, that's a bad teacher. No one should ever turn anyone away from learning 
anything no, over. Was great. Was awesome. I'm anti. I'm anti. Um, <laughs> when did I don't know? Honestly, I feel like after doing it for so long, obviously, like your your teacher talks to your parents and they're like, oh yeah, like hey, she can she can really hit the keys and you know stuff like that. <laughs> and I was always singing. I was in like every choir that existed as soon as I could be. Um, so I think like uh, the more I got involved and the more that I got that positive feedback, it kind of just, I don't know, stacked up. And I was like, Hmm, Hey, maybe I'm good at this. And then in high school, I got more, um, serious about like my Western classical training. And I ended up auditioning for like a bunch of stuff. And I played Carnegie hall, like four or five times. So I think like four after five times. Did you hear that one? Four or five times. That's yeah. a hand. There's a though. bar around the corner from where I live that I've played four or five times at karaoke night. So Well period. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> no, that is uh, like Again, this is a audio platform, but my jaw <laughs> hit the floor when she said Carnegie Hall four or five times. And I love that you've done it so much you don't, you don't remember. That area. No, I mean, I'm, I'm so lucky and I'm so fortunate and privileged that I, I even got to do stuff like that, right? Like mm -hmm. being so close and like, like having my teacher take, you know, a chance on me and stuff like that. So I'm definitely very privileged. And I think looking back, that I think that like, I don't know how to say this, I guess, um, when I realized I was good, I realized that I was able to take these opportunities and, and do something with them. I think that's when it kind of solidified for me. And I, I walked away from needing the validation from other people. I'd be, I'd be full of shit if I said like, Oh, I don't care what you think. But <laughs> I think like when it comes to music, I definitely know I, I, I definitely have my own feet to stand on. So, yeah, I think I answered that question. Yeah. Yeah. No, you did. And that kind of, it kind of segues us into our next question. Um, but so you talked about what you've gained. You've gained this like new sense of, or not new now, but at the time, that new sense of being able to stand, kind of just stand firmly in who you were and stand firmly in these opportunities that you were taking as something that you were worthy and deserving of. But what have been some of the sacrifices that have come along the way? Cause I'm sure there have been a plenty. <laughs> yeah. Um, time I think is the biggest one. And I feel like, you know, you could, you could say, Oh, well, it's not a sacrifice of your time if you enjoy it. I hate practicing. I hate it. I like truly, I despised it. Um, so time. And I think I had a lot of FOMO in college, especially because like I was not practicing as much as I should have, honestly. Mm -hmm. Um, but I just felt like all of these other kids were doing like this college experience and I didn't really fit in with like the hundred percent music makes and gross kids either because I don't know. I, I just, I didn't feel as attached to one track of life, I think. Um, I hope no one gets offended. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I don't know. I feel like I definitely had to sacrifice time. I definitely had to sacrifice like being with people I loved. 
and doing things that I wanted to do. Um, I got injured physically. I have tendonitis in my left arm. So that, I guess, the, the health and well-being of my left hand. Um, and I think like a lot of, I don't, this is kind of a, a tricky answer, I think, because a lot of my self-esteem was sacrificed. I think it's, it's hard to be young and like to have that level of judgment. Not that I was like a pageant kid or anything like that, but it's, you know, every week you go in and you let someone down if you don't practice and I think like it was really hard for me to constantly have that level of criticism, but it's ultimately like it's made me stronger. So I wouldn't say that I sacrificed my self-esteem. Definitely it was built up, but at the time I felt really bad. So that is so interesting. Cause I'm like trying to process what it means to study art in college or like be a Mason gross kid. And like, I know for me, I get like two papers a semester. I just put it all out there and I'm like done. And like, if I don't do well on one, it's like, oh, get them next time. You go to office hours, like when you feel like it and they'll be like, oh, this is what you have to do. And it's like, you check the box and you just do it. But I can't imagine like, I guess like even like with visual art or like music, like it's constant and it's like always on you and it's like every day and like your body is what you use to create what you're supposed to like do. That's like absolutely like grueling in my imagination. I don't know if that's true or like you find your own like comfort with it and it's your own sense of ease. But like, I just can't imagine like the mental and physical and like emotional stamina of like being critiqued every day. Yeah. It's fucking hard. It's really hard. I think I really struggled with it, um, in college and I, obviously hindsight is 2020. Um, do I think that I took, you know, all of those opportunities and did my best with them in college? No. Um, but do I regret putting my time and energy into other things? Also no. So I think it's hard when you take something that you love so much and, you know, beyond, choosing to compete in things and taking exams and stuff like that. Like beyond that, now it is, are you good enough to stay here? If, cause if you fail, your jury is twice in a row, you're out. Um, which is, you know, it's terrifying. It's a lot of pressure. Um, so it's hard. It's definitely really, really difficult. And I have a lot, a lot of respect for everyone that I went to school with because I feel like it's, you know, you don't really have to face that with, I think mm -hmm. like with, as a STEM major, like, are you smart enough to stay here? Okay. Maybe not. Maybe, maybe you aren't prepared enough, but that doesn't mean that you're not smart enough. But when you're graded so heavily on your talent, it's just so like mm -hmm. inherently personal. So it's hard to separate that. It's hard to compartmentalize that. And I don't know. I, I do not miss it. <laughs> I can imagine. I, That's I wild. I have a question only because I, uh, not an art person did not go to art school. Um, <laughs> was there ever a disconnect between like the, the way that in which like the professors would teach and the way that students wanted to express their own individual, like, representation of their art and was there ever a disconnect between what the professors were grading essentially and what the students to them they believed was a clear representation of themselves and their art oh yeah 
Oh, yes. Yeah, 100%. I think, you know, when you're learning like theory um, or like oral skills, those are like a little bit more cut and dry. But when you get into like conducting, for example, right, like choral conducting, these kids love choir, live, breathe, die choir, study conductors everywhere. Um, And before they're even allowed, I think, to have their own style, you got to like cut down to the basics. Who wants to do that? Who who in their right mind is like, oh yeah, years and years of watching things and being a person and having this like identity as a conductor, I now have to cut that all away to learn how to beat a four pattern. Um, it's definitely difficult. And I think there's not, honestly, this is a hot take, I think, but I don't know if there's a lot of room in art school for individuality. I don't know if there is. I think you know, like you go there to get uh, an education in Western music, usually white people music, and you walk out with a lot of understanding of, you know, that system and how it works. Does it necessarily stop you from being an, an individual? No. Does it give you the tools? Absolutely. But I don't know if you have the room to do that when you're in your four or five year program. I don't honestly, you also don't have the time. Like we are over overloaded. So I mean, whatever. Here I am. I have the degree. So now I can talk <laughs> shit about it. But it, it's, it's definitely difficult. It's definitely like a I, I wish I knew. I wish I knew before all of this before I decided to go for it. Hmm. I think something that you alluded to that I think is like something we want to talk about more is like the idea of having your own relationship and style and individuality and experiences um, that you, of course, bring to music, you bring to art. And I think everyone in some way brings everywhere they go. Um, I know we talk about baggage as like something that's trauma ridden and possibly like bad experiences, but I think everyone comes with baggage in terms of like the pers- their perspective and their experiences, just who they are. Um, I'm kind of curious to know like, what kind of like piece you've made with that in music and like I'm kind of curious to know like what you bring to music and what music brings to you and how you kind of reconcile that um and the piece you've made with it hmm it's a good question I think um for me peace came when I stopped feeling and needing to be judged on it um I think as soon as it became mine again, I started to love playing again. When I was in college, I didn't like to play. Um, I just, I felt like there was so much stress attached to it. And honestly, genuinely, I mourned it. Like I I felt like I really had lost the love for that and it felt really unfair. Um, I I don't think that's something that you can avoid necessarily or or that I could have avoided uh, just because of the way that I kind of I don't know, (laughs) the kind of relationship that I had with it. Um, I think as soon as I graduated, as soon as I was able to kind of walk away from weekly judgment and semesterly judgment, and I just like sat down with all of my new technical skills, which are obviously priceless, and played for myself, like true peace, true peace, like hit me. And it's for me again, you know, like I think anything that I do musically, I want it to be for me first. And I think that's how real art is created. You know, if it really reflects who I am and someone, I don't know, identifies with it, then great. 
that's that's the that's lovely but if i love it and i do it because it brings me peace and me joy then i think it served its purpose that was so well said and i think that like <laughs> i don't want to throw this on you as like a 23 year old 22 year old i don't know yeah, you feel old to me, but um, <laughs> I just know you're you're extensively older than me. But um, oh, that's so mean. <laughs> um, but like, I think that like something about you that I've like admired and have come to like know is that you seem, or I think you are, maybe not like in your own perspective, but to me, you're very like firm in who you are and where you stand. I think like you exist in a way that's very much your own. Um, and I'm kind of curious to know that, like, how did you get to that? Like, you seem like someone that very much knows where you're planted in the universe. Um, and you speak of the universe so lovingly and fondly. Um, I kind of want to know how you got to that point. Well, thank you for saying that. That's very kind. Um, uh, my answer is trauma, I think. <laughs> I think, you know, like 2020 was bad for everyone, but for me especially, like a lot of shit just like hit the fan in January and February for me and my family. And before that, I don't think that I was spending a lot of time thinking about myself reflectively. Um, I was just more concerned with doing and like running myself ragged. And I was like, I came here to do, so I'm going to do, I'm going to do everything, I'm gonna dip my toe in everything. And I'm going to make sure that I'm awesome. And it was just really unsustainable for me. And so, you know, whatever happened, the universe put me on my ass and said, you know, shut up, sit down. You got to get this together. And I think from that making peace with everything that happened has brought me where it's brought me. And I feel like, I'm, I'm glad that I, I seem very firm, um, but I think every day my stance on things is changing. Sp specifically this, like, I feel like one of my strongest convictions with any of this is nobody knows anything. Um, so like, I love astrology and I love like doing tarot and stuff like that. And even three years ago, I would have been like, oh, Astro Girls are so silly. Like, how could you how could you base your whole personality on that? And I, obviously then I was maybe dealing with a lot of internalized sexism. Sorry. And like just a genuine misunderstanding of what it means to be, I think, connected. And maybe like 3000 years from now, we discover that astrology is full of shit and that tarot is nothing. But also maybe... 300 years from now, we discover that like our intuition is a gift and it's something that, you know, can be studied. Nobody knows anything. So if I'm doing something that brings me peace, then why not use it? It's a tool. I, I got a little off track, but <laughs> I think, yeah, I think just like kind of sitting with everything that went wrong and recognizing and accepting that it had to have happened for a reason, um, that's kind of brought me where I am. And I think if I didn't think about things that way, I would fall apart. So that's my answer. I'm so glad. Um, I just completely lost my train of thought. No, but I'm so glad 
that you said that and especially the bit about it just being a tool because i think that there's like uh there's like this huge idea of like oh if you believe in astrology you're dumb like if you believe in these things you're dumb but i was like if it is if these are things that are helping people explain the world around them and it's not hurting anyone then like why do you care like, why do you care that some people are really into astrology and they're using it to explain the phenomena that, like, they are encountering every day? Like, why is that person an asshole in their math class? Well, it's because they're a Capricorn. Like, <laughs> exactly. it's their way of articulating how their experience in this world. And yeah. so 100%. I think we, like, segment things like that and, like, we say, like, oh, astrology isn't real. Like, you shouldn't believe in it. But I was like, it's a way that someone is communicating their experience in the world. So like, if you don't relate to it, that's fine. But I don't know, to completely disregard it. I think like another great example is like like music and art. Like a lot of artists, it's like their way of explaining the, the way they're experiencing the world. It's like a way yeah. to explain it to others. And I don't, it's like un so unfortunate. And unfortunate is probably not even the word that like those people who are deciding to do that with their lives aren't given the respect and time that they deserve because again, like the, they, there's not a monetary component yes, yeah. attached to it. Exactly. It's, it is ridiculous. And capitalism is a disease. Maybe I think that's also a very strong conviction of mine. Um, yeah. And it's like, you know what, for people that write off astrology, I, I just implore them to do a, just a little bit more digging, right? If you go on like those Instagram meme accounts and you're like, oh yeah, everything that I get from my astrology knowledge is from Instagram meme accounts. Like, okay, yeah. Then you're going to think astrology is full of shit because you are doing some really bad researching. <laughs> um, but like, there is just so much cultural significance to astrology. Like as I identify as a Hindu woman, um, there is just like such a connection between Hinduism as a way of life and astrology. And I realized like when I was writing astrology off, I was really disconnecting myself from, I think a huge part of my culture, something that could be a huge part of my culture. So yeah, honestly, like if you're a skeptic, fine, be a skeptic. Just maybe you could entertain the idea in a scientific way. I did this recently, right? <laughs> so I made a Google calendar, as I do, of all of my transits for the month of February. So like, let me let me pull it up. So I think like today, um, let's see. Today. Could you explain to the list, like the listeners what a transit is? Yeah. Okay. So basically everybody has a natal chart, which is a snapshot of the sky at their birth. Um, and then obviously the planets still go around day to day, right? Like currently the sun is in Aquarius. Um, so the transit that you kind of consider is how is the sun in Aquarius right now interacting with all of the planets in your birth chart? So that's the, that's a transit. So for me currently today, um, my, the moon is opposite my natal Neptune and that has its own significance and that means whatever. But I decided as someone that I think is still a little bit of a skeptic to not look up anything, um, that these transits mean until the end of the month. And every day I'll write down anything significant that happened. And at the end of the month, I'll look up, you know, what these transits mean and kind of see what correlated, see what came true. 
not, or not even came true. See what like just happened to coincide. And I feel like if you do that, right, and you are making that decision for yourself, you're making these opinions for yourself and you're not blindly following some Instagram meme account, right? Like you're thinking critically, which ultimately like, isn't that what you want to do anyway? <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> that's yeah, definitely. Definitely but is not. it like with some people <laughs> in the world, but is it like what they want to do anyway? <laughs> that's like a really fun question. I think I'm going to start asking people. Like, Do you want to think critically? <laughs> they should ask that in the beginning of every po- political science class. Like the professor. <laughs> Are you interested in thinking critically today? But um, I think like the way... I'm like definitely not going to use the right word. I don't think it's epistemic. It's a word that they use in chem that I can't think of right now. But like the way that you are actually like trying things out and questioning, you employing the scientific method, if you will, I think is like <laughs> so like exciting and interesting to engage like your curiosity. Um, but like another thing that I wanted to go back to is how you characterize the universe and like the way that you personify it, you were like, the universe kind of had to sit me on my ass and like get like tell me to stop. I think that like I also have this interesting view of the universe where it's like this all-knowing big boss lady figure in my life who is like <laughs> who I don't get along with at the moment, but somehow she's always right and it makes me crazy because I love always being right and I don't love being told what to do, but it kind of feels like... (laughs) Taurus, we have a Taurus on the call. (laughs) In case Um, case anyone was wondering. Yeah, and, like, I don't think I'm someone that takes, like, nudging very well, like, being Mm. like, oh, maybe look this other way. And it always feels like I'm being slapped on the Mm. face. Like, I always feel like I'm being, like, like, humbled and, like, knocked down all the time. And, like, once it, like, two weeks pass, I'm like, oh, that's why. I'm like, oh, like, I should have listened, like, a while ago. And so I think, like, it can be exhausting, but I also think that, like, it can also, for me, be, like, humbling to know that, like, I don't have to be the one figuring it out. Like, someone Mm -hmm. else, someone else has got the wheel. Like, someone else has got it if I can just, like, shut up and, like, sit in, like, this, the passenger seat. Um, I think it very much sometimes feels like I'm like a a really bad like backseat driver in my own life. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, I, I think it's like, where did you come to like get to that relationship of like, okay, I'll listen. Of like, okay, like someone else knows what they're doing, and I can just like go along for the ride as I wish. Yeah, great question. I'm not there yet, honestly. Um, got some really crazy control issues. And I think, I don't know, I feel like part of my life path, destiny, fate, whatever it is, is to learn how to relinquish control and to accept life as it comes. And, you know, you can't control, arguably, you can't really control anything other than your actions and your feelings, right? So I don't know, I am definitely not (laughs) as far into that I don't know, into that, com- like, I'm not sitting in that as comfortably as I think you think I am, but I don't know. I, I It's just like when you get punched in the face by the universe, right? You just, it would be like, I think just like silly and futile, is that the word? Mm-hmm. To continue trying to control everything because you're just going to get punched in the face again. So 
I did get punched in the face, probably like one big time, February of 2020, and then multiple times afterwards. <laughs> like, it's just, it's constant. You get pummeled. And I just have to accept, I think, and, and relinquish the control and accept that, like, I am, you know, being put on my best path. Like, something somewhere is looking out for me. And I have my own karma. Like, if whatever has to happen has to happen, fine the universe is balancing everything out but i don't know i i maybe i'm realizing this as i say it maybe i'm a little further along than i thought but <laughs> like the idea of giving up control is is terrifying shout out SZA, the entire control album um but i think the more i do it the more peace i have and the more i accept that the, whatever the universe has in store for me will come and it will be what I want. Wait, you, I think the, the listeners need to hear this. There's something that you always tell me every time I feel like I constantly feel like Sonny Liston in that photo of Muhammad Ali, like when he like knocks him out and he's just standing <laughs> over him and he's like yelling from above. Dylan, do you know that photo? No. <laughs> well, there's a photo. There's a really iconic, I'll send it later. There's an I iconic have photo. Of Muhammad Ali. Just search Muhammad Ali picture. It's going to be, like, the only one that comes up. But, like, there's, like, Sunny listeners, like, sprawled on the bottom. That's, like, <laughs> just got knocked out. And I feel like it's so, like, something you say to me all the time when I feel like that is that the universe has three answers. But I want you to say it because it sounds much better and comforting in your voice. Wow, thank you. It's not, they're not my words. I, I got them somewhere. I don't know where. Um, but... The universe has three answers. Yes, not now, and something better is coming. So it's, you know, I, I like, failure. Dylan got a loss. Dylan just did like the, like the old lady, like, tell it. I almost got up out of my seat and walked away from this computer. Like failure ha just has to be redirection. I'm learning this still. I, I have not internalized that yet, but it's like, I have, there have been so, and Vahini, I think you know this now too, but there have been so many instances in my life that have proven to me that, you know, something better was coming and that have proven to me that if, you know, I had that experience or that knowledge when I wanted it so bad, I wouldn't have been able to handle it, you know? So not now is a great answer and something better is coming is also a great answer. I just have to have faith that no means that instead of no, like you don't deserve it or, you know, anything else negative. No, it's so good. It's just so fascinating and like so comforting to hear these things. Your voice is really pleasant to listen to. That's another thing. It kind of feels like you're the most. Thank you. When, when you're when you're talking to me, it always feels like it's coming from the universe, and that's always like super cool and special. Have you ever have. thought about getting employed by Headspace or like um, like the meditation apps? <laughs> I haven't. Truthfully, I haven't. But now that you've said it, I'll look into it. Just look for you. into it. Think about it. <laughs> Don't forget about us. Don't forget where you got where you got the idea. Right. Me talk throughout this entire podcast about like how awful capitalism is. Also, me, you should sell your voice. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. The last thing I think I want to talk about, or we want to talk about, um. 
So what? Is, I think like old people got their own thing going on. Like I mm-hmm. like I just trust that they figured it out. They got it going on. I don't like to meddle in whatever they got. Like whatever life path, whatever philosophy they're on, I just let them rock. Um, not that I really have anything to offer, but I just I just let them be. That's just their business. That's just their yeah, business. I, yeah, I'm just like that's just not my business. But I think it's like really interesting because um, me and my friends will discuss, you know, thoughts and just thoughts. Um, <laughs> but I'm kind of curious to know what I don't think we need to frame it as advice, but what kind of seed would you like to plant in young people's minds, like our age, younger? Um, what would you like to plant in their minds in terms of like exploring where they stand um, in this big, vast space? Um, how to like find their connection? Maybe where you started? What did you learn? Yeah. Um, maybe describe the tools. I know you described astrology, but I know tarot isn't something that a lot of people know about, but just lay it on us. Yeah, cool. That's that's a bunch of questions. So I hope I get them all. Um so what kind of seeds do I want to plant? I guess like, just like be curious and ask questions. And if there is something that you don't understand that you think science can't explain, which by the way, science can only explain so little, so little of the world that we live in. So anyone listening that is really hanging on to that biology degree, like think about it a little mm-hmm. critically. Um, just like ask questions. There are so many things that we just don't understand and we don't know. And that like exist outside of physics and you know, chemistry. Like there are so many questions that are so unanswered. Find a way to answer them, at least for yourself. Like, you know, like you don't have to go get a PhD and do all these like studies and write all these papers to have a better understanding of the world that you live in. It could be as simple as looking it up, reading a book by Sadhguru or buying a deck of tarot cards and figuring out what that means. Like it is all you need, I think, is just to be curious and to have an open mind about it. You know, if you, if you go in to anything and you think, oh, this is stupid and dumb, then it's going to be stupid and dumb. You know, just be open minded about it. Like whatever, whatever brings us peace i think we have had to search for it we have had to look for it i don't know that for our generation peace is inherent or peace is just freely given i think we have to really search and like if you're gonna search then be curious in the way that you do don't just do what everyone else is doing don't just doom scroll twitter and tiktok right like i sound i I sound a little dated (laughs) and aged um but truly like before (laughs) i'm turning 24 in april and i'm really upset about it so i don't want to talk about it um but like just like find a way to to bring peace and be just like run some experiments like be curious and have fun with it you don't have to have it all figured out um yeah and if if someone's a skeptic like be a skeptic fine well then how are you going to answer those questions figure out how you're going to answer them like there's no right or wrong here. And I, I feel like that's the that's the thing that I really sit in is that no, but truly nobody knows anything, right? So what, you know, what it's just like so silly to me when people are like, astrology is dumb, tarot is dumb. You don't know anything because you think about the universe. I don't believe in God. Like, fine, sit in those ideas and sit in those whatevers, but be open-minded to people that think differently and have conversations with them. And I think like I am 
so fortunate and so lucky that the people in my life will listen to me rant about these things and that, you know, they will have things to say back. Like my best friend, Narajana, she and I enable each other in the best ways, I think, when we're talking about the universe and like how to figure out how do we how how we fit in it and like growing up with hinduism and my parents like the way that they have taught me about the universe is just like so fantastic i wish everyone had that because all it has done is made me a freer thinker so ultimately like just think freely think without judgment about the things around you and i as soon as you do that i think you'll start recognizing that nobody knows anything nobody knows anything so like just you know hang out we're here to vibe (laughs) we're Um, all on the same rock together floating in the middle of space we're so insignificant so 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 insignificant so it's like i I don't know if that makes anyone feel good to hear but like i think you know if if you're just curious and you are open-minded and you are willing to try things and to fail then that's how you kind of make peace with the universe, I would say. Wow. This has <laughs> honestly been so stellar. I was like, God, like, obviously we hadn't done the interview at the beginning of the episode. So I was just really hyping this up, like, ho- like throwing darts at the board and hoping something lands. <laughs> and boy, you have hit a bullseye three times in a row because this has been absolutely amazing. I cannot thank you enough for being here with us today. Um, yeah, I think that pretty much concludes. Do you have any parting, anything that you came here wanting to say that you didn't have the chance to yet? No, uh, I think I've, I've ranted enough. (laughs) (laughs) She said, I'm good. (laughs) All right. Well, um, thank you everyone for listening to season two, episode one of Gen Zeal. Um, we're so happy to have you joining us and listening each week. Um, you be sure to follow us on all social media at Gen Zeal Podcast, where we will also um, be connecting with Riti over there at some point so you can find her through our social channels. Um, but if you want to quickly throw out any of your social channels, right here at the end of the pod. Yeah, I'm Rithi Suresh everywhere. R-I-T-I-S-U-R-E-S-H. And then on Instagram, I'm Rithi Stagram. Like Instagram. We'll tag her. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Don't you guys worry. We'll do the work. (laughs) Awesome, Rithi. Thank you for joining us. We love you so much. Thank you so so much for having me. Thank you. Of course. Bye. Bye. Forget the day we met Your eyes are blue, mere person through